Well, today we're joined by uh, Keith and Summer and Ruben, uh, two of the competitors for the Inspiration for Prosperity seat. Uh, and we're just here to talk a little bit more about their stories and their dreams of being selected. Uh, Keith, Summer, Ruben, welcome to the Launchpad. Thank you for having us. Absolutely, thank you. So to start, Ruben, why don't you share a little bit about your story and then Keith, you can do as well. Uh, I know we've got a lot to talk about with STEM and Inspiration4, but I think you both have very interesting stories with your lives and your daughters as well. Sure, thank you. Uh, well, it turned out that um, on February 1st, I think was a Monday was when the mission was actually announced, uh, a good friend sent me the press release uh, and said, this is literally made for you. You need to look at this. And uh, I looked at it and literally 20 minutes later, um, I got word that the person that I worked with in uh, the March of Dimes, uh, her daughter had just passed away of brain cancer the day before. Um, and that shook me to the core once again. I, I talk about that in the video and these things are literal arrows through my heart. So I was like, I, I must do something. I don't know exactly what. And over the week, things kind of evolved and became what they are now. And Keith, what about your story? How'd you start getting involved in this here about Inspiration4? Uh, same sort of thing. I mean, I, I'd seen a news article uh, on Apple News just came up and said about the Inspiration4. And I'll be honest, I mean, I, since I was a child, I've been all about space. Uh, you know, I grew up uh, in Pennsylvania. Uh, I, at age 14, I think it was, I traveled to uh, Huntsville, Alabama, uh, went to space camp for a week, uh, and I just had never lost that love for space. Uh, when I was about 16, we moved to Florida. Uh, we lived in Orlando, and I'd see every space shuttle launch. You know, I'd, I'd make it a point. I won't say I skipped school very often, but, you know, I, I did make it a point to try and get to every space shuttle launch. To me, the saddest day was when the space shuttle was decommissioned. Uh, that, that to me was probably the worst point in, you know, the entire space program. Uh, and honestly, I mean, 1986, when Challenger went up, I honestly thought that was going to be the start of civilians in space, you know, Krista McAuliffe and all that. Unfortunately, we know how that turned out. And, and unfortunately, it kind of put a kibosh on the whole idea of, you know, sending humans or civilians into space. So, but I, I've never lost the love for, for space and, and science. Uh, when I got older, I had an aunt that passed away and she left me a little bit of money. So I invested that in, in my telescope and my observatory. And that's, that's where I spend a lot of nights. Uh, you know, I spend quite a bit of time out there looking at the stars. And only because Keith, Keith is too modest, but he has the most amazing astrophotographs. I'm a, a very, very, very novice astrophotographer, but Keith is the man. He sent me a few of the images and uh, I was just about, uh, you know, jaw wide open. So Summer, your dad's really good at that. <laughs> well, thank you. Why don't you both tell our audience a little bit about what STEM is uh, and why it should matter uh, for those that maybe don't know kind of what it breaks down to be including? Well, I mean, obviously STEM, uh, you know, science, technology, uh, engineering, and math. I mean, I, I think in today's world, I don't think there's a job for the children to get that doesn't involve that. Uh, I think science, technology, engineering, and math are all important 
to the young people now. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's going to be the development of all of our innovators of the future. Uh, these are the these are the people that are going to take us to the next level when it comes to innovation and uh, science and technology. So I think it's it's eerily important, and I, I'm afraid that in some cases, most public schools anyhow don't really pay enough attention to it. Uh, so I think it's it's a topic that really needs to be uh, brought to the forefront. My daughter reminded me that it's not STEM exclusively, it's STEAM now. Yeah. Because you need to include the creative arts in there. And so if you notice on our, on our shop, um, Zach, we have the STEAM crate and then the STEAM curriculum for STEAM University that's coming, which is all her creation and her ideas, uh, which is one of the things that I'm really excited about because I know Keith, like me, has basically trained his daughters from very early on on just conceptually what this means, right? If there's a problem, we'll figure it out. Try to figure out how to solve it. Run experiments. See if the scientific method without calling it that can help you discover the world in a different way. And when you when you step back and you look at what's missing in public education is we're teaching to a curriculum or we're teaching to a standardized test. We're not teaching to creativity through problem solving, through leadership. And those to me are the things that are gonna make this country and the rest of the world come back, you know, and progress and really make a difference so everybody can be prosperous. And so I think generally speaking, STEM is but the basic steps. The STEAM, the, the A in there for arts and the creativity is the magic, right? That's what puts it all together. So when uh, Natalia, my daughter suggested that, I, I was like, how could I forget? Um, but but I'm uh, eerily reminded and Summer's too young still, Keith, but you'll know when she's a teenager. <laughs> I'll remind you of everything, man. <laughs> yeah, well, in, in, a, in her case, she also, I mean, art is, is probably her biggest thing. And that's why she has been trying to design some of the shirts that we've put on the store and stuff as Amazing. well. Amazing, Summer. And the shirts do look awesome. Definitely, there's a few of them. I'm like, we need those in the launch pad store, so we'll figure something out in the future. There you go. Uh, but I, I think you're so right with art. I think, you know, STEM should become STEAM. I think that really does nail it, especially if you look at a lot of the, as you said, the public education for the last 10, 15 years. You know, parents and some teachers have been fighting for more funding into the arts because they know that's where kids can have their creativity. And a lot of the time, they're not creative, they're not going to find, you know, a passion indirectly or directly, um, which is huge. I know you've kind of both been uh, advocates for uh, STEAM coming into kids' education. How do you get started in that? And what are you doing currently? Are you partnering with your kids' schools or how are you trying to further that into more education? I mean, from my perspective, uh, astronomy is my big thing. And as I said in my video, we've been trying to work with, uh, with Summer's school to try and get, because that's one thing, you know, when I asked, when I've asked her about what does she like about science, uh, what's her favorite part of, of, of studying science and stuff, and, you know, she likes the weather, learning about weather, things of that nature. But then I asked her about astronomy, and that's not something they teach. Mm -hmm. And to me, that, that, that mind boggling to me, but then again, I love astronomy, so I guess it would be. But I mean, I guess I think that, you know, astronomy is kind of 
part science and part art. I mean, it, it's the most beautiful art there is. I mean, to, to look at some of the astrophotos and some of the things that exist in nature alone are just amazing and beautiful. So, you know, I've been working with uh, her school and with her uh, whole district to see if we can't get uh, astronomy into their science classes uh, from middle school on up. Uh, and if that means trips to the to my observatory, I'm all for it. If it means, you know, having some kind of night observing session where they can actually come and view, I am all for it, whatever it takes. I think we just need to get more of this into schools and not just fall back on the old trusty, oh, let's learn, learn about weather patterns and, and some of the, you know, some of the stay, uh, the old, uh, what do I want to call them, uh, standards that, that everybody, you know, they've been teaching since I was in school. That's right. Yeah. Well, and so in, in, in complete honesty, I haven't really done anything with uh, the schools directly but I have done a lot of outreach programs with our local astronomy groups and we take and haul all of our telescopes as well. Um, and we do both solar and also planetary, which is the easiest one with portables. But, but generally speaking, that's something that we do through, we're doing it through the Girl Scouts at some point. My, uh, my wife was a troop leader and uh, she had their own troop that we would organize some of these trips around. But, but generally speaking, you know, the time of the day doesn't really favor it. So solar was a, a good opportunity. Uh, and I got into solar much later. But one of the things that, uh, just like Keith, we have a small observatory set up off of Natalia's uh, bedroom. And I sent a picture of Keith earlier this week so he could see, you know, her first um, uh, images. And I remember she, she first got completely mesmerized with uh, looking at Jupiter and the moons. And uh, we had a, a webcam um, capture uh, system going on. And so she was able to capture a video and then do a, uh, a collapsing of all the images. And so that teaches them to Keith's point, the artistic side of it, right? So, a, you know, a movie is just a, a set of pictures. And when you combine them, you can increase the signal and reduce the noise. And then you can tweak certain parameters in those images that allow you to bring out all the detail. And so her very first, um, uh, it was an IO transit on Jupiter. You know, the, the moon was going right by it, the IO moon, and you could see the shadow of it. And, you know, for any planetary astrophotographer that's got any, you know, modicum of experience, it would have been a horrid image. But for her, it was such a proud moment that she's like, I can see it, I can see everything. And so it was, it was a really great experience. Uh, and it made us bond as well. So I think to me, the time that I get to spend with her doing that, which is not that much anymore, was was amazing. Um, but one of the things that we did do very uh, sort of pragmatically and, and um, in a regimented way, she was in a Montessori school for a long time uh, where self-discovery is very important, which is one of the reasons that I believe um, this the way that we're teaching isn't necessarily the most ideal for how children actually learn. This element of self-discovery and being immersed in nature so you can actually make those connections is what matters. And so uh, one of the things that I wanted to make sure is that Montessori may not expose you to certain parts of the STEM curriculum that I think are important uh, basis to do the rest. And so we did from when she turned five, a, a very not rigorous, but a, a pretty well-structured a progression and I have pictures at every step of the way uh, and I was originally planning to market um, 
you know, the campaign on Twitter with some of those lessons. And you can see that at the beginning when I first kicked off my video. Uh, but you know, life gets in the way, right? So uh, this thing took a life of its own and then I didn't necessarily need to do that. But the point is that I have a picture for almost every part of that structured um, module uh, set and it walks her through the basic building blocks, right? This is what a cell is and this is how you can see a cell with a microscope and that's what's in everything that's alive. And so we went little by little sort of forming that interest and without getting too long-winded, um, they went out as part of her, um, I think it was seventh grade, sixth, sixth grade uh, project to a local um, uh, living facility, assisted living facility. And she noticed that one of the handicapped um, uh, residents got stuck between the two auto doors. And that happened when they were there. And she got really upset about that because obviously it was, it was traumatic. It was an older person and uh, they they came back from school, her and her friends that were doing this um, as part of their um, community work uh, and projects, a little bit traumatized from that. And I said, well, what can you do about it? And so uh, they had a science fair project sponsored through a um, U.S. Army outreach program called eCyber Mission. And she said, you know, I'm going to enter this contest with a way to solve that problem. And uh, her team and her did this, and they won an award, a, a STEM um, in Action grant, it's called, in 2019. It's posted on the About Us uh, on the website. And it was a big deal because she got to see DC, and she got to see and meet with members of Congress. Uh, and that's, to me, something I would have liked to have done when I was her age. Um, but super long-winded, and I apologize. My point is that you know, if you bring it home, if you bring that modular additional work in a fun way to them they'll grab onto it and you just have to challenge minimally to say when you see a problem can you actually solve it using the principles that you know about and she ran with it so that's it <laughs> well and that's huge with i think kind of everything and uh we were talking with a few of the other competitors and kind of all of them had that same thing if you don't with this competition if you didn't try who knows what you're missing out on and i think that's so much the same with uh, STEAM and STEM that, you know, it's if you don't try it and, you know, you're probably going to fail at some point, you know, maybe the photos weren't, you know, world class, but you know what, it was that starting point And it was that point where maybe that passion um, kind of gets sparked and that, that future changes. I know uh, you both have uh, stories with your daughters and how they came into the world that I know Ruben, it kind of changed your direction and path in what you were doing. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that maybe? Sure. Uh, and Keith also has a very similar story from what I uh, have gathered, so I'll let him definitely speak. Mine is explained in the video, but quickly, she was born premature in 2005. I happened to be working in the medical technology space for a big company, uh, General Electric, um, back when it was still the GE that everybody loved. <laughs> and this is in, in um, 2005, three years after I graduated from, from business school. And as an engineer, I was literally in the weeds with a maternal fetal medicine monitoring system um, in the labor and delivery unit in a lot of different hospitals from Texas through Pennsylvania. And I uh, spent a lot of time with our clients. Um, and when that happened to me, we were living in Boston uh, and it, the diagnosis took a long, long time in the hospital to be called, even though pretty much everybody knew what it was, but they wouldn't call it because they didn't have the confirmation of the three different methods that they didn't that they needed to use to actually call it a rupture of membranes. 
Well, fast forward over the next five years, still working, I would troll patents every night looking for a technology that could actually solve this problem of diagnosing with more accuracy and more quickly. And I found it and it was originally from Russia and that a company had been started. I didn't discover or invent that, that product, but I joined that company as a senior executive and um, we grew it by leaps and bounds, got it reimbursed in the United States, made it a standard of care across the world. And then we did it again after selling that company. And so we learned how to do that. Uh, and we did it because it was important to us, not just me, but the entire team. Uh, we, we were focused on a mission. And to me, that's what's exciting about Inspiration4 here is if you can get excited about something, if you can muster the courage, you said it yourself, Zach, all you need to do is try. You're gonna fail a million times. But everybody refers to Edison, right? He failed 9,999 9, times. And then the 10,000, he got it right. I don't know if that's true or not, but the point is what matters. That if you fail, try again. And just try differently because the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again, right? And expect a different result. So anyway, Keith, again, very long-winded. I apologize. No worries. Yeah, I mean, I don't have the, the same story. I, I, I didn't find a patent and, or, or in, uh, become a senior member of a, of a company to solve the problem. But yes, I did have uh, our uh, summer was not premature. Summer, summer was, was eh, normal, I guess, as, as normal as can be. But we do have two other daughters as well, twins, uh, that were born three months premature. Uh, so they spent three months in the NICU. Uh, and and that, that was a very trying time, uh, not just for mom and dad, but also for sister, because we were spending a lot of time at the, at the hospital with them and working and everything else. Uh, but yeah, so we, we have, you know, I, I, I'm very de near and dear to the same story that you have as far as, uh, you know, prematurity and, and stuff. We, we love to uh, get involved in the causes here with our local hospital, UAMS. Uh, about the uh, bringing prematurity and stuff to the forefront and letting people know uh, about it and trying to bring research funding to it as well. What would be your guys' uh, advice to um, parents to help get their kids up to speed in digital literacy and in STEAM? Um, how would you encourage them to do so uh, at home if their schools aren't doing it? Well, I guess if, I, if I'm going first, the, I mean, I think, we, as we said earlier, I think just engaging with your children. Uh, I think being involved with them, uh, you know, trying to get them to learn with you and making it fun for them. I think, again, a big piece of, of the problem is, is it's almost too structured in some ways. It's here's, here's the book, learn it, do the test, and and you know you fail you pass or you fail it's not it's not tailored towards individual children because every child learns differently uh, what i do for summer will not be the same thing that'll work for kira or alexis my other two daughters uh, so I, I think uh, the important thing is is finding what makes that specific child unique and how they learn uh, and and trying to cater it to them in summer's case she loves art I um, mean, she, she loves to draw. So, you know, you can bring science, you can bring uh, math into drawing. It's, it's not that hard. Uh, but unfortunately, again, too many people in the world nowadays, we're, we're always going, 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 going. We're, we're always on the move. And too many people 
I think just expect that the schools will teach their children. And, and I don't think that's the case. I think there needs to be involvement at, at the home level as well. Yeah, I think that's 100% correct. And, you know, the last year has given us a really bizarre opportunity to spend more time together. <laughs> Maybe not exactly as we planned, but, but certainly become more involved with our children's learning because all schools had to adapt pretty much around the country and around the world. And this adaptation wasn't easy and it required all parents to, you know, take a, an active role, an active hand in, in the education process. And I think a lot of them were banging their head, you know, against the wall, but I've got several friends that are in the education space, which I had never really looked at or considered beyond worrying about my kid. Um, but what, what's important um, to me about what's happened in the last year is that I see their businesses growing that are education related businesses because there's a demand for let's call it supplementation right to bring ways innovative ways of teaching the kids beyond what the schools are going to be able to provide and that goes for public and private schools and charter schools and other types of schools even homeschoolers probably the homeschoolers are the, the best prepared to be frank uh, from what i've seen and again i'm not an expert in education but you know, the reason we decided to start this company, my daughter wanted to give back. She said, I won't do anything related to business unless it has a mechanism through which we are doing good. Those weren't the exact words, but that was the sentiment. And so I said, well, there's a way to structure the business to do that. Um, and that's why we're a benefit corporation, a so-called B Corp. But more importantly, you know, I'm also looking at it from a business perspective. And from a business perspective, I want her to have the experience of starting something around something she cares about, right? One's giving back, the other is STEM, STEAM. <laughs> and she wants to use her creativity to actually help parents teach with physical skills, that's why the STEAM crate, and with classes that are both self-paced as well as preparatory or preparatory for the parents to be able to deliver certain concepts, right? Which are difficult to, to explain or to teach without um, sort of facilitation or proctoring. And so what I saw is, okay, there's a market opportunity here. This is only going to grow. And I am busy with medical tech, but I can certainly dedicate a little bit of time because this is a core skill I want her to have. And I know Keith shares that because I know he's trying to use this experience for them, designing shirts, for example, with Summer, uh, into how do you actually start a business, right? It's not that difficult than most people cower at the idea because they're like, oh, I have to incorporate. And then, you know, it takes five minutes. It is the easiest country in the world. I've done business in 67 countries in the world and the United States by far is the one that's easiest to do business in. And now with things like this gift for shop deal within 20 minutes, if you have de minimis coding experience, I know Keith has an unfair advantage there, <laughs> but you can get that thing up and running quickly. I mean, my daughter does the Photoshop. I do a little bit of it and away we go right for the imagery and stuff. It might look like a website from the 1970s, but you know, at the end of the day, it's it's about doing it and about learning. So it's been really phenomenal. You know, we registered the company in Massachusetts. We went to the bank together to open the bank account. And those types of experiences are exactly what we're talking about here, what Keith is saying. You need to bring them along. You need to tease, tease those things out of them so that they can figure out how to solve the problem and do what they really want to do with a passion behind it that goes beyond starting a business and making money, right? Um, diving into the mission a little bit more, 
So should you be selected, you're going to be going into orbit for kind of three, four days. Uh, we don't know the exact uh, journey of the mission yet. There's rumors of maybe Hubble or uh, ISS, you know, flyby or something. Um, are there any projects or things that you would like to try while you're in orbit that you've thought of? Uh, honestly, I think I think the only thing you I'd want to try is peeling my face off that window because I think I would just be stuck at the window the entire time. Uh, I mean, even watching things or seeing things, videos from from outer space, from the ISS and stuff. I mean, I could just sit there and watch that all day long. I don't think I would ever get tired of it. Um, but do I have any, have I really thought about what I would like to do, like any kind of science thing or project? I, I really haven't. I need to give it some more thought. I mean, I could, there are so many that I, you could think of. Heck, I could take my lightsabers. Maybe we, maybe we could have the first lightsaber battle in space. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, I haven't really given it that much thought. And I mean, I'll be honest, uh, when I first entered this contest, I mean, I saw Ruben's entry. I saw a few others. I mean, obviously, when I entered, I'd say it was probably in the middle of, of February. There weren't that many out there, mm -hmm. uh, less than 10, probably. Uh, but they were some good ones, honestly. I mean, Ruben's and, and some of the others that were out there, I was discouraged. I mean, I was literally like, eh, I'm not even going to try. But then thought about it. And, you know, if I don't try, then I don't win. There is absolutely no chance. And as far as teaching my children, I guess I had to try. I mean, do I feel that I'm still going to be the winner? I like to think I could have a chance. But I mean, again, I, if you don't try, you're never going to win. And if you, you know, yes, you can try 9,999 times. But, you know, if you don't try that 10,000th time, you won't know if that was the time that was going to actually uh, be, the, be the kicker. So, I mean, ultimately, my goal has been really focused on that, uh, is, is how do I compete with YouTube influencers, uh, serial entrepreneurs, things of that nature. When, unfortunately, I didn't think to have a pre-existing following uh, before the contest. And, unfortunately, 28 days is not enough time to, to build that following up. So uh, I've, I've tried to work as hard as I could uh, to get my, my video out there and, and, and compete as best as I could. Yeah, and you've been extremely supportive of others, Keith. And I think, that's, I think that's the key. You know, if I step back and I look at this contest, the most important thing that I would hope people walk away with it is that Wow, these guys, instead of you know trying to one-up each other, they all literally helped each other. That, to me, would be the biggest message we could ever take, even beyond taking civilians up and into space 50 years later or whatever it is. I mean, that, that, that's what I'm hoping will happen here. And so Keith is, is a living and breathing example of that. So I'm honored to be in his presence with you here, Zach, because it, that, is, that is what it's about. I mean, at the end of the day, we can – we got two – Two soups, as my wife says, right? You got the divided soup or you got the unity soup. You pick. And that's that's it. There's literally one way to make it work better and faster. And that's if we all do it together. So I think uh, Jared's done a, a, an admirable thing. Uh, I think that picking an organization like St. Jude was absolutely brilliant because they are 
the epitome of uh, the, the nonprofit and living and breathing the mission. And then they, their pick of um, Arsenault, the medical officer on board. I mean, talk about hope, right? That that that's like the the epitome of the messaging. Perfect. I couldn't have done it better. Um, not that I would have even been consulted to try. <laughs> but but I think that the what I don't want to get lost um, because there is a lot of buzz and it, it's it's interesting if I step back and I look at the number of entries and again Keith Keith is like the guy behind the scenes he's like the Wizard of Oz he's got all kinds of stuff going on he tracks everything and so he allowed me a, a peek into what he was tracking and you know we, were we tracking like 84 entries right now or something like that um, my count yeah so far. yeah so and and I've been you know, one thing that I've been trying to do, and I think I've missed a bunch of people, but like and retweet, like and retweet, like crazy, like that, that's to me, that's what it's about. Because if I can set one example, even sort of under the radar, I've won. That's it. So, and Keith is actively doing that. And he and I got in touch because of it. And to me, that's a, that, that's what it's about. That's what this is really intended to do is in a time of division, bring everybody together, look up. That's what matters, right? And not that that matters as opposed to other problems, but but it does matter because it's a metaphor for everything else. If we can solve that, we can solve anything. That's pretty much the message of my video. You know, if you can apply science and technology correctly, smartly, intelligently, there is no challenge you cannot solve. It's a matter of time. But, you know, there's a reason why brilliant people that have a lot of resources are focused up there. And, uh, there is no doubt in my mind we're going to be a multi-planetary species in my lifetime. Uh, you know, I'm 46 years old. I'll probably be maybe 70 by the time that happens, but I think it will. And so to me, we're, we're pioneers. We're at the beginning of it, even if just being participants in this thing. And it was something I was recognizing when I did the interview with Jared kind of at the start of this channel was, you know, no matter what happens with anything in the future, our names are now written as part of the journey of the first civilian mission to space. And, you know, whether that gets remembered in 50 or hundred years, who knows? But the fact that we know we were part of that, I think is something that's inspiring to me that, you know, from a basement, from our homes across the country, we can be part of something like that when we're not part of NASA, we're not part of JPL. Um, it's kind of crazy to think about after what the space journey has been in the last 10 years, where it really slowed down other than SpaceX, you know, unless you were following them, there wasn't a ton new stuff happening. And now in the last like two years, boom, 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 there's more and more. And there's like five more capsules coming down the pipeline in the next couple of years with Starship and everyone else. Um, take a moment, each of you, if you could speak directly to the committees, um, what would you say on why you should be selected for either prosperity or generosity? Um, and what would you bring to the crew? Uh, maybe we'll start with Ruben. Oh boy. <laughs> Thanks for putting me on the spot. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I think generally the, the the message that I would like to convey is that it is about uh, unity. It is about helping each other. And in the end, everybody has their role to play. And one of the things that's most important to me about um, in, inspiring in my daughter uh, and communicating through my example um, I'm not a very public guy. I don't have social media. To me, I started, to Keith's point, with 360 followers. 
that I have no idea how they got onto my Twitter. <laughs> I literally have no clue. Um, but I started there on February 12th when, when I put my video up and we're at like 6,000 something because we pushed, we used what we've done in our businesses as entrepreneurs and scrappy, you know, startup managers, every tool in the book of guerrilla marketing, right? We literally did everything and called in a bunch of favors and, you know, this thing has taken off, right? We're at 2.1 million views and that's largely organic, not exclusively, but largely organic because we had no following, but we called everything. And, you know, the, the key to me is to become viral, not COVID-19 viral, but a different kind of viral uh, by the message, by the quality of the message. And so if I were to try to summarize in one sentence um, why the, the committee would or and should pick me is because I hope that I can be an inspirational example to others that if you find your niche, it's a niche, but it can have a wave upon wave upon wave of inspirational effect, right? And so, for example, uh, I'm an emergency medical technician and I'm a volunteer and I do vaccinations and we're doing diagnostics and, you know, I don't talk about that until this thing came up. I don't talk about that because to me, I want my daughter to know it's about the helpers, right? Like Mr. Rogers used to say, look for the helpers in the bed. Those are the ones that are making the difference. Uh, could you have gone a little longer so I had more time to look? <laughs> <laughs> sure, now you're not long-winded. Come on. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, I, you know, I don't, again, I, I don't have a huge following. I don't, uh, you know, have, I, like Ruben, I'm not a very... Uh, normally outgoing person. Uh, I'm an astronomer. I'm an IT guy. I, I'm like the model of introvert. So I'm not the normal type of person uh, for, you know, social media uh, and things of that nature. But again, something like Inspiration4, I have to break out of those norms if I want to try and even compete. Uh, honestly, when, when this was brought up, this interview, I, again, another thing that I'm just, I was was way out of my comfort zone. Um, but if I had to, to say one thing that I think sets me apart, I'm a normal person. And in let's, if you're really talking about inspiration and, and what I thought this thing stood for, it's sending an average person to space, mm -hmm. not sending a Hollywood star or a billionaire or something like that to space. They, they can do that themselves. Uh, I, you, out of the most of the contestants that you see in the thing, I'm probably as ordinary or as normal as most anybody else. Uh, I, I don't, you know, again, I don't have a huge Twitter following, don't have a huge online presence. Uh, I work a normal job a, a little too much Sometimes, I mean, I, I'm a director of IT for a national company that's based out of here in Little Rock. Uh, and I handle the IT for all of our locations across the US and Canada. So that keeps me pretty busy in itself. So to find the time to do this, I mean, like I said, I, I, I didn't care. I was finding time. I don't care if I have to stay up till three in the morning uh, and not get any sleep, I'm doing this. So uh, I think the biggest thing I bring is my determination and I think, you know, again, I don't, I don't see this as being a win or lose proposition. 
uh, every entry that's come, I think I've caught pretty much every one of those 84 people and wish them luck. I, I don't wish anybody, you know, oh no, I don't think that person should win. I don't think that person should win. I, I wish everybody luck. I think, you know, we all want it. We all deserve it. And it's only better for all of us uh, with this mission because it, you know, it's only going to go further from here. I would hope that we'll see a lot more of these down the road. Absolutely. So good. And uh, we, we might be seeing one sooner than later. There's some rumors that the uh, Dear Moon version of this might be starting up uh, in the next week or two. There's apparently an announcement coming down the pipeline of something happening with that. So we'll see what happens there. Um, as you know, the, the final hours tick down. Um, what advice or recommendations would you give to those last minute entries for either their video or their website platform on Shift for Shop? Um, what have you guys learned over the last few weeks that you think people trying to jump in last minute should know? Uh, again, last minute is, is tough. It's got to be tougher than than getting in it early. I mean, if, if they really are going to judge this uh, and the virality of the videos and the posts and stuff as part of the, the contest, then getting in at the last minute is going to make it really tough. I mean, it really is. But again, just posting the video uh, and putting yourself out there is, is the biggest step you can take. Uh, win or lose, you know, again, you, you, you took a chance on something. Uh, and, and best you can do is put it out there and try and get as many people to recognize it and retweet it and like it as you possibly can. Yeah, I think Keith is absolutely correct. Uh, look, uh, you miss every shot you don't take. That is sage advice. Take it. That's that's something that you can rest assured at least of one, well, two people, uh, both of which are in this uh, call. And I know we're not the only ones that will immediately support you. We will like, retweet. Zach, you're another one. There's a bunch of us. And I think pretty much now all of the, everybody's kind of on the on the train. Let's right, raise everybody up, right? So I'm not that concerned about people getting their stats. Naturally, you know, when time is of the essence. Um, and so I, I decided to go early simply because of practical matters. I literally uh, run two jobs right now. So this is my third job um, for the last few weeks. And I think... Um, the best advice I can get is follow the rules, read them carefully, because I've cringed when I've seen music or when I've seen um, repeated entries or when I've seen things that are just not allowed, right? It's spelt out very clearly. And so I think if you're gonna do it, spend time. It will be absolutely well worth it if you just check out the rules and you know be on the right side of it. And I learned that lesson the hard way well in my first entrepreneurial venture when we were applying for funding from the state. I, without knowing what the rules were, I was excited to go on a, on a particular request and I ended up um, not getting the, the funding that I was seeking. Uh, and then later on, got a bunch of funding because I followed the rules, right? That's the first thing. Um, but don't, don't be dissuaded because it's late uh, in the game. I think that at least Keith and I and Zach will, will support you. And uh, we'll, we'll create an echo chamber for you as much as we can. Absolutely. Uh, kind of as we wrap up, um, why don't each of you share how people can get involved with uh, your submission and your organizations? Uh, and we'll start with Keith. Well, obviously, uh, my submission is is on my, my Twitter page. Uh, it's pinned to the top. By all means, I, I'd love for anybody to retweet and like. I think... Uh, 
unfortunately, I don't have 2 million views. I think I'm at like 14,000, which I'm actually pretty, pretty shocked with. Because again, I think, uh, to my point, I think I had maybe 58 followers uh, when this whole thing started. So uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with, you know, and again, uh, to me, the whole thing isn't it win or lose. It's teaching the younger ones that, again, if I don't try, then then I'll never know if, it, if I could do it or not. No, I think that's 100% right. I, I concur. I, I think our website is probably the easiest um, thing to, to mention here, Zach, which is the letters U and then the letter R, limitless, urlimitless.org. Uh, and we are an ORG because, again, it's a benefit corporation. And that's sort of a, um, a landing page of sorts that will then direct you to the store. But there's a little bit about the foundation and everything that goes with the benefit corporation structure explained there. Um, and so go there and, you know, familiarize yourself with that. There's a little bit about the history of how my daughter and I got onto the idea and the concept of what we're trying to do. And, in fact, Keith mentioned, um, I think, in one of the posts, an affiliate program of sorts. I think it's a great idea. My, my daughter and I had talked about it. We're competing with big companies already in this particular space of um, STEM crates or STEM kits. Um, we've got a, a few tricks up our sleeve, uh, and I think we're going to start an affiliate program. So you know, welcome to to carry the the packages, and you'll get a the ability to make money, and we'll take care of the back end uh, delivery and fulfillment of them. But the other piece is also the the um, the learning modules. So one of the things that is really important to us is we wanted to have a physical product for the experimentation and the active participation uh, and discovery, but also have a digital component so that we could get this to everybody in basically low cost or no cost at all. So we um, actually struck a partnership with a company called teaching.com who's run by a dear friend of mine. Um, and uh, he is very passionate about what we're doing. His brother uh, passed away of, of cancer as a, uh, a child, and so he cares. And so we, we struck a partnership, and we're looking for content because at the end of the day, if we can deliver more content at the lowest or, or no cost possible, we're going to make the playing field more even. And to me, that's what's missing right now. We have these big differences in, um, in economics, right, in wealth distribution and uh, I think it's important to recognize that as a cost of capitalism and even the playing field, do what we can. And Keith pointed it out, right? It's about education. There is absolutely no part of innovation in an innovation-driven economy like we are that's not going to be led by STEM. So we need to teach kids how to do that. Typing.com has its own modules. But if you have content, please contact us because we, we will be your distribution channel. And uh, Keith, you know what occurs to me? I hadn't thought about it, but if you wouldn't mind doing a course on basic astrophotography, that could be a, co a cool one to have. I might be interested in that. There you go. And you see, Zach, and then you're going to have to teach kids, Zach, how to start your own podcast. How about that? Oh, well, we'll see. I'm still learning it, but absolutely. We can uh, figure something out, I think, as we've kind of said through this. If you don't try it, you uh, don't know what happens. And I mean, the fact that Jared was our first interview was like, wait, what? Okay, well, we'll go from here. Now what do we do? We got to keep doing this. And uh, it's been amazing because we're connecting with people like this and getting able to be involved. And, you know, uh, definitely check out the STEM boxes. Those are something that uh, there's been many options that I've seen that are just so expensive. 
and the fact that yours are affordable that you know really anyone could afford even one of them to try i think is huge because it, it's a low barrier to entry uh of getting that kind of passion started and definitely check those out we'll link both your shops and websites uh in the description of this to check it out but i'd love to invite both of you back as you know we the launch pad i'm going to shift a little bit from not just space focused more into the steam and the stem uh focus because i think there is so much of the connection of it uh and there's obviously way more to talk about on that uh which we can do down the road uh but thank you so much for being here and we wish you the best of luck uh for both of your uh, submissions Great, thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Ever since I was a child, I've been infatuated with space. It all started when I was around nine or 10 and my parents bought me my first telescope. It was nothing more than a small tabletop scope that could really only see the moon and a couple of planets, but it seemed like it unlocked the entire universe to me. As I've gotten older, the infatuation with space has never subsided, only gotten more expensive. As you can see behind me, I decided to upgrade that tabletop telescope to a more professional telescope. Then I decided to build an observatory to permanently mount it so I didn't have to drag out a 10-inch telescope every night. Computers, cameras, and everything an observatory needs followed. The observatory became my oasis and a place to escape the craziness of the world, a way to bring space to me. I was also blessed with having three beautiful daughters over the years, I have taught them to love all things science. They love going to the observatory with me to look at the planets and the stars. Now that my oldest daughter is in middle school, we are working with her science teachers and the school district to include astronomy in their science curriculum. Our hope is to bring astronomy to the classroom and make it more accessible for the other kids in her school. I want to share my love of everything space and science and some of my sense of humor. So I created Apotees.com, a shift for shop that sells amusing and lighthearted space and science themed shirts, masks, and other assorted items. Items that make people think when they see them and maybe even ask questions. I will be honest, having seen all the other great entries for the contest had me a little discouraged. Their stories are inspiring. I am not a YouTube influencer have no experience with being an entrepreneur. I have not faced great adversity in my life. I'm an ordinary guy that loves space and works hard at everything I do. Then I realized that you only fail when you stop trying. So win or lose, here is my entry. I want my daughters to remember that you will never win if you don't even try. Thank you and best of luck to all the Inspiration4 contestant entries. When I was a kid, my dad would take me to the Miami airport every weekend to watch planes land and take off. We'd stay there for hours. Of course, I didn't know that we didn't have much money for entertainment. For me, this was just awe-inspiring. I recall telling him, I'm going to learn how to fly, and one day I'll even become an astronaut. <laughs> Life seemed so limitless to me back then, just like it does for most children. But that's sadly not always the case. You see, years later, I became a father, and my daughter was born very prematurely. That shook my world. My dream of flying was put on hold as I promised my wife that I'd dedicate my life to ensuring that no one would ever have to go through the pain that we did ever again. Since then, I've built several companies that develop medical technologies to save mothers and babies' lives. 
These diagnostic tools help doctors do in minutes what used to take them hours and are now considered standards of care around the world. But since half a million babies are still born prematurely in the U.S. every single year, it just didn't feel like I was doing enough. So I partnered with a nonprofit organization and together we've raised close to a million dollars for prematurity research. We've also worked with our state and federal government to make America's healthcare more equitable. This journey has been incredibly rewarding, even allowing me the privilege of meeting with three former U.S. presidents. As an entrepreneur, I've learned many lessons, but the most important one is that there is no problem that we cannot solve by smartly applying science and technology. So now I'm building You Are Limitless, a benefit corporation dedicated to inspiring children to explore STEM as a means to be bold, to pursue their dreams, and to live life knowing that only the sky is the limit. Oh, and my dream of becoming an astronaut? Well, that may still come through. You see, it's just been announced that this fall, the world's first all-civilian space mission will take flight. There are two open seats. My goal is to try to take one of them, and I want you to join me on the second. All you have to do is support the life-saving cause of St. Jude Hospital through the Inspiration4 mission. So join me on this mission to end childhood cancer. Together, let's be a part of something big. Who knows? Maybe we'll get to see each other in space.